Friends, as we come together in this time of worship, as we gather in our homes and in person, may we feel God's spirit drawing us together. May we feel the love of God and the love of community in this moment and always. Amen. A couple of announcements for us today. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who helped decorate the sanctuary for Christmas. Um, it looks beautiful and we are blessed by your sharing of those gifts. So thank you very much. An announcement, I don't know if it's um, on the screen or in, in, on the emails yet, but there will be an in-person Christmas Eve service this year at 7 p.m. Um, now, if you plan on attending the Christmas Eve service in person, you must register. You know, we do have limited space, so you, you must register, and I'll get that um, organized with Laurel for the end of this week, and we'll have a sheet in church on next Sunday. Um, so please call and book your spot. There will also be the service on TV, or TV? We're on TV, I meant to check with Adam before. On Christmas Eve, do we know the time? Time to be announced, but on Christmas Eve, our service will be aired um, as well on Whiteman's, and it will be available on our YouTube. And that will be um, last year's service. If you remember last year's service with all the music and scripture readings, um, that will be aired on TV and YouTube, and in person will be a different service. A big thank you to everyone who has donated items for the angel tree and um, helped families in our area this Christmas. We ask that God bless all the gifts that we share in our giving and in our receiving, that we may always see one another as family and care for each other. From our prayer cycle list this week, from the Western Ontario Waterways Regional Council prayer list, we pray for Harriston United Church, a church that we have a connection with, not just through me, but through the, through the pandemic as we shared services and got to know one another in a new way. Um, we hold them in prayer this week. If you are interested in reading scripture in the new year, we are returning to um, um, in-person reading for those who would like to or still record it if you'd prefer to do that. But if you are interested in reading scripture um, for Sunday services, please call the office and let Laurel know. We're going to make a list and then um, assign readers for each week. And then when the, your week comes, you either read on Sunday or record by Tuesday and send it to Adam and we can walk you through that piece as well. And as we gather together in worship, we remember that at Grace United Church, we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Ottawa, Mississauga, and Anishinaabewaki nations. We are gathered on the land covered by Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half. The Anishinaabe Nation is a group of culturally related indigenous people present in the Great Lakes regions of Canada and the United States. This nation includes the Ojibwe, or the Chippewa nations, who number approximately 320,000, and in our area includes Saugeen First Nations and the Chippewas of Nawash, unceded First Nations. And the Ojibwe is the second largest First Nations group in our country. We remember the traditional territory in which we gather, 
And we pray that God may ever lead us in building right relations and putting our words into action. Friends, let us join in singing softly, People Look East. The Gospel of Luke speaks about God's messenger. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah. He went to all the nations around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. God comes to us through particular people, in particular places and times, in the past and here and now. Our second candle reminds us to look for the light of God in God's messengers today. Living Christ, give us faith to trust you and hope to follow you. We trust you, we love you, we praise you. Amen. And as we hear our minute for mission and our scripture reading, may we hear God speaking life and meaning into each one of us and into our world. Our minute for mission is entitled, Build Bridges of Peace. December is one of the holiest months of the year. Along with Christmas, there's a Jewish festival of Hanukkah, winter solstice rituals, as well as spirituality, the significant days for Buddhists, Muslims, and others. That makes this month a good one to remember what unites us. And it's important we do. In October, Global Affairs Canada stated that worldwide, the rights to practice, choose, and change one religion or belief is increasingly under attack. According to the Pew Research Center, in 2018, more than a quarter of the world's countries experienced hostilities caused by religious hatred, mob violence, related to religion, terrorism, and harassment of women for violating religious codes. I think we have a great lack of understanding of other faith traditions. Lack of understanding breeds contempt and fear. The more we understand and the more we talk, there's a greater opportunity to break down some of the walls of fear. We can't do that if we keep talking about us and them, says John Droids, city of Edmonton Chaplain, in a film called Building Bridges. The film is produced by the Edmonton Interfaith Center for Education and Action, a mission and service partner. Your gifts through mission and service support the center, the first of its kind in Canada to hold interfaith celebrations, dialogues, and learning events. You can watch Building Bridges on the Center's website, and faith communities are encouraged to host a screening. This is one way your mission and service gifts not only transform the lives of others, but can also change yours for the better too. 
Karen Lumley Kerr from the Society of Edmonton Atheists speaks compellingly about finding common ground in the film. We all have to learn how to cooperate and figure out how to get along, trying to understand each other a little bit better and finding your common ground. What things do you believe in? What things do you all find important? Look at my veins. They're blue, says indigenous elder Fernie Marty, lifting his arms slightly before the camera. It's so important to understand our own values and understandings and share them openly and honestly. When we don't share who we are as individuals, the different cultures, it creates fear. All of us have blue veins. That tells me we're all royalty. We're all equal. None of us is superior to the other. We're all human, all created by the same divine being, he says. Each one of us needs to take a clear and public stand against intolerance and for love. During this month, which is so much about spiritual deepening for so many of us, let us take that stand. Let's build bridges of peace with all of our neighbors. Thank you for your generosity through mission and service. Your gifts support organizations that remind us there's more that unites us than divides. Our first scripture reading comes from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. See, I will send my messenger, who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you desire, will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and purify refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of, Judea, of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by for in former years. And our second reading is from Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Eturia and Traconius, and Licinius, tetrarch of Albany, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John's son of Zechariah in the desert. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As is written in the book of the word of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert 
prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. Here endeth the reading of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed by God. A good amount of my childhood was spent near the wilderness. Around the places I lived was the rocky, dense forest and open waters of Newfoundland and Muskoka. Because of this, I learned at school and in beavers, cubs, and scouts, lessons about how to be out in the wilderness, a comfort about being in the wilderness. One of my favorite of many lessons that I learned was how to use a map and compass. This is a skill I rediscovered many years later when going canoeing. I love how a compass not only can show you which direction you are facing, but when paired with a good map and a couple of natural markers, it will also reveal to you where you are, where you are and where you're going. The wild man with his camel hair clothing and breath smelling of honey and bugs stands by the river and they feel both drawn to him and repulsed by him. Repeating words of ancient prophets, he hollers an invitation and a challenge. Repent. Like the prophets of old, he proclaims that the pathways through the dangerous desert will be made straight and people won't get lost anymore. The mountains that strain bodies on the journey that complicate and hinder lives will be flattened. People will find a way through the difficult searching and like the Hebrew people of old will leave slavery behind for freedom and for God's promised land again. People will find their way home again like those who had been carried off to exile in Babylon. Flowers will bloom even in the wilderness. The crowd stares at John as he calls out to them, Repent. How many people stand there staring at John, not sure what to do? How many are thinking about all the things that are not right in their lives, all of their mess-ups and screw-ups and shortcomings? How many people feel too worn out, too worn down by the suffering and injustice they face each and every day that it seems impossible to take a step towards John. How many people are afraid, afraid to come forward thinking maybe they are not good enough to deserve divine love and forgiveness, let alone human love? How many people are wrestling with this calling because they don't want others to see that they are imperfect? How many are afraid to step towards John and his wild invitation to dip below the surface of the water, to fall into divine love and reemerge dripping with renewal and new possibilities because they are frightened, frightened by the idea that life could be different. 
There stands John, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. Do they step forward? Do they turn away? Do they stand still? What comes to your mind when you hear the word repentance? And maybe the deeper question isn't what comes to your mind, but what do you feel deep down within yourself when you hear the word repentance or repent? Maybe like me, you sometimes have the thinking and then the feeling part of you, and sometimes those are different. What feelings arise within you when you hear repent? What stirs in you? For some of us, the word repent can be a scary and wounding word. There's a lot of guilt tied into the word and the idea of repentance. Maybe some of us have experienced repentance or its related word of confession this way. You are not worthy of divine love, but if you say the right thing or do this or that or believe the right way, then perhaps, just maybe, God will forgive you. God becomes a judge, recording all of the shortcomings ready to forgive or to condemn. Some of us have been served, whether intentionally or not, pounds of guilt with only a droplet of love. The idea of repentance, however, is rooted in, and it does not make sense without the concept of grace, of God's abundant and God's unmerited love, love that we don't earn, love that just pours into our lives. It is a love that we are pointed towards throughout all of Scripture, a love not earned but free-flowing. Where in our lives do we find the space to acknowledge, I'm not always okay? Where do we give ourselves the space to say, I've messed up? Where are we safe to say, I'm broken or hurting or in deep need? When do we give ourselves permission to grieve that we are not who we know we can be? that we can fall short of what we are capable of and what we know we are capable of. Repentance. Repentance is not about guilt. It is about grace. It is about honesty, bold and deep honesty, where we look at our lives as individual and within our wider shared life, and we do the painful act of acknowledging the ways in which we strain or break our relationship with God, with ourselves, with one another, with all creation. In the face of such honesty, what do we do? Do we step forward or do we stand still or do we run away? While John the baptizer stands there offering people a way forward, a ritual rooted deeply in their people's faith, history, and traditions. Repent, he calls to them. Set down your burdens. You don't have to hide them anymore. Lay them out on the riverside and fall into divine love. Let it envelop you like this river. Pass through God's love, like the Israelites passing through the Red Sea. 
And then following today's scripture reading, the Gospel of Luke continues by explaining what life, a life, what kind of life repentance and living in God's love leads to. This is how the scripture continues. And the crowd asked Jesus, what then should we do? In reply, Jesus said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers asked him, And we, what should we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be satisfied with your wages. The ritual of repentance is rooted in God's love, and it leads to the path of healing, justice, and wholeness for all. Repentance is our invitation, our invitation to fall into divine love, a love that has always been here for us, and that nothing can ever take away from us, but that sometimes we forget. Right here, right now, you and I, we are deeply and fully loved by God. Repentance is about remembering and making the space to feel so full of love that the only way we can respond is through healing ourselves and our relationships. Because we are loved, we love. We join together and we grab the shovels to prepare the way of the Lord, the way that Jesus revealed. We take down mountains and we fill the valleys that break people's bodies and spirits. We join in the work of Christ as we overturn injustice and lift up the downtrodden. We seek justice because justice is love in action. In this way, God's healing and wholeness is found for all. In this way, we open ourselves to the holy presence of Christ in our midst, leading us forward. John the Baptist and Advent provide us a compass and a map as we journey through the wilderness of life and search our way towards the life Christ reveals to us. Friends, come. Come, let us remember who we are, people filled with God's love and called to share that love with all creation. Let us repent, turn and return and return and return again, always remembering our place in the amazing things that God is doing. Amen, and thanks be to God. And friends, let us join together in prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, in scripture we hear how our life filled with your love leads to action. We pour out our offerings to you, our gifts of time, talent, love, food, relationship, and money. We ask that you bless all of these gifts, 
that they may be used in a way that brings love and wholeness and peace to all people. We join together in our prayers of the people. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. O God, we pray that in our hearts your way may be prepared, that the path among us by which your spirit comes may be made straight. Prepare among us the path of peace. Grant the peace that comes in following your ways and opening our lives to you and in sharing our gifts for your sake. Prepare among us the path of love. We pray for all who need to be embraced by love, all who are cramped and narrowed in the spirit, all who have lost the ability to trust, all who ache for a sing signal that they are cherished or even noticed by someone, all who struggle with a lifetime burden of being told they are not good enough. Prepare among us the path of hope. We pray for those in need of hope today, all who mourn the death of a loved one, who grieve the end of relationship or lost dreams, who are worried for a friend, all who are anxious for a family member's health, all who live in the midst of social collapse, warfare, or grinding poverty. Prepare among us the path of joy. We pray for those whose spirit needs to be lifted up and who have forgotten, chi the forgotten childhood's gift of taking delight in the simple things in life, which come from you, O generous God. We pray for those who experience joy this week in the laughter shared with friends, in the delight of favorite carols on the radio, in the anticipation of seeing family one day soon. We remember that part of preparing your way, O oh God, is shown in how we love all your amazing creation, including those we name as neighbor. Holy God, as we marked World AIDS Day this past week, we pray for all who live with HIV and AIDS, for their family and friends, for healthcare providers, for scientists, for those who do the work of education. Tomorrow, God, as people across this country mark the 32nd anniversary of the École Polytechnique massacre, we pray for the end of violence against women. We pray for all who live with gender-based violence. We pray for those who provide safe shelter, counseling, and resources. We pray for those who inflict violence, that they may repent and turn towards the direction of peace. And, O oh God, we name before you now those in need of support, care, and love in the silence of our hearts. O oh God of hope, peace, joy, and love, we honor you now and forever through Jesus, your incarnation, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And as we go from here, may we know that God goes with us wherever we go. May God bless us and keep us and ever lead us. And may we remember that we are loved, so fully loved that we can go out and share God's love with this world in our words and in our actions. Friends, let us go in peace and let us go with God. Amen.